Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to welcome. season three. Although uh, functionally, they don't necessarily know that. Know that. Well, it is season three. And let's get ready to rumble. Do you know he's made Four million, no, four hundred million dollars off that phrase. Let's really? get ready to rumble. That's impressive. Yep, saw that on a tweet today. Could we um, create our own saying and make money off of it? Nope. Nope. That would take originality, uh, intelligence, a lot of things that we don't possess. <clears throat> Season three, behind the glass, mm-hmm. behind the Oz curtain, and <laughs> the Oz curtain. I don't know. But this is, speaking of behind the Iron Curtain, which would put us in Soviet Czechoslovakia. Which would not be good. We are thinking about getting a camera and setting it up and just letting it run. Nothing nothing edited, just a camera running. I'd need to lose weight. Yeah, yeah, you really would. We'll put me closest to the camera. Okay. Because I don't really have a bad side. Mm Mm-hmm. They could even shoot me from behind, and it would be my good side. Uh, so here we are, and and I, I well, first I want to talk about. Have you seen the Amazon Echo? Of course, I am thirty four, and I live in America. I want. Well, first of all, I'm, my life is completely attached to Amazon. You don't have one yet. I do not. Wow. Well. But you know, you just you just you just talk, and it turns on your lights, it turns on your music, it turns on your television, it plays whatever movie you want. Just by talking. And so today I thought it would be cool to kick off season three with a little interaction with our audience. I mean, okay. all audiences like that. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to, if, if you own an Amazon Echo, if you just, just hold your hand up. Wherever you are, driving down Mopac, or if you're in another city, whatever a street is, if you're in London. You know we have quite a few people listening to us in London. No, we don't. We do. When did you look at that last? Uh, well, it's been a while, but there were people in London. I doubt it. Maybe London or Paris, Texas. So I would like for you to go over to your Amazon Echo if you own one. And uh, this is an experiment. So I wanted you to take your earbuds out or, you know, put your laptop or your phone or whatever over next to the Amazon Echo. Okay, we're going to do an experiment. I want you. Okay, is it there? Put it there close to it. Now then. Alexa. Purchase. Four copies of Fearless Parenting. What? What? I'm just saying that Alexa, (laughs) buy 10 copies of Fearless Parenting. Over. Okay. Over? Is that what you say? That's what you say. (laughs) Roger Dodger. Um, Jimbo, speaking of shameless selling. Oh, I know. See, I know. We're going to shamelessly beg for money. So we. But been I watched a- the Seven Hundred Club all growing up, so I'm very adept at this. Who will you be? Uh, well, I'm going to be Pat Robertson. Okay. Which leaves you Ben Kinslow. <laughs> I can't even spell 
Clinchlow. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> uh, tell them about Patron. All right. So we've actually had a Patreon account. It is patron.com backslash paradox for an entire year, but we've never mentioned it because we I feel... Know. I hate this. Shameless. But if you do give... if Because if this, if this ministry has touched your life, amen? Amen. I want you to take your phone up, and I, and I want you to put it on the part of your body that needs a touch from God. <laughs> Uh, unless it's hemorrhoids, do not, do not do it if it's hemorrhoids. Uh, but yeah, it's it it's a good thing. I mean, it's like, hey, if you want to, what would they give? Like pieces of the cross? Yes, authentic pieces of <laughs> the gopher wood of the ark, or I don't know. You would it's get a gift. Just, you will not receive any gifts. No prayer cloth, except for the nothing sound that we have sweat on, anything like that. One dollar, two dollar. Monthly, one time, so far in this past year, I haven't dared calculate the hours that we've put into this. But And here's the deal. We're pretty close to the, the level of getting advertising. So this whole thing will go away as soon as we kind of get up to the level of having advertising. Uh, and we're not all that far off, actually, are we? Well, maybe, depending upon our growth. What if it takes us like 10 years and we're still pushing patron we in 10 years? We beg you for money. <laughs> For so the love that, of all the enough totally. said, we'll mention it now. We'll mention it at the end of the season um, in yeah, December. Yeah, we're not doing this often. We'll move on. Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash paradox. Because now I just, I have this image of people with their phones on their hemorrhoids, and it's going to ruin my whole <laughs> afternoon. Uh, today's episode, our first content episode, we're going to be talking about hurtful speech. Hurtful words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Stupider words have never been spoken in the history of mankind. Were, if you think about it, who are the most evil people of all time? Well, who, who is the universally the most evil person of all time? Adolf Hitler. I'm not sure he picked up a gun and killed anybody. It was his words. Words are devastating. And we tend to point these devastating instruments of destruction at the people that we love the most. Which is so crazy. It's, it's, it's almost like the people that are closest to us, we think or assume we would treat them better than anybody One else. One would think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost like we're, we f- I don't know, some weird way we feel like they'll be around forever so we can treat them however we want. But uh, yeah, we often treat with our words our, our family the worst. We were thinking of, you know, because we're, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about overt hurtful words and covert hurtful words. Very similar to sins of omission and commission. Stop with the words. The hurtful words that are more overt are hurtful words that are said in anger. Those that are covert are more like sarcasm. Yeah, so don't hate us here. In the Myers household growing up, we absolutely used sarcasm. No, we didn't. Hey, genius. No, we didn't. For better, for worse. By the way, you have more gas than the Hindenburg. Uh, y'all have no idea how true that actually is. <laughs> we, we, we used sarcasm. And I think in the church, we've kind of become adept at kind of excusing sarcasm and making it okay. And while I have never done an official study on this, I'd wager to guess that about 85% of sarcasm within the home, marriage, parenting relationships, 85% of it is probably uncalled for. Sinful. 
I was just thinking of some examples of people that have been in my office and like sarcasm. And you're not going to believe a guy actually said this. He told his wife, and I forget exactly what the conversation was, but he said, listen, all I'm really saying is, you know, lay off a few French fries. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. That came out of his mouth. He was so lucky that he was in a professional counselor's office. <laughs> well, now this is something. So coming out of my household where we used it quite a bit, I just, and it, being a male, you, you kind of sit around and that is intimacy between two buddies is just making yes, fun of each other. Exactly. Um, and I walked into to my marriage kind of, well, this is how I show love. And she gets it. Of course she gets it, right? I'm not, I married her. My heart is for her. And yet insults would be flying out. And I found out very quickly. Yes, although she it, doesn't get it. Well, she gets it, but it's not helpful. And it wasn't until this last year, right, year seven, that I actually put that together. Poor Katie. For me, um, I'll kind of tackle the problem of the covert hurtful speech, the sarcasm. Not everybody's on the same page. I can't tell you the amount of couples that I have had come in and they just report a lack of intimacy. And when push comes to shove, when we kind of develop their their marriage story, they just kind of treat each other like buddies, where they sit there and they kind of poke fun at one another. And even, even when we're theoretically on the same page with sarcasm, sometimes it's not taken the right way. And so either, like in my marriage... Katie wasn't on the same page as far as sarcasm. That wasn't a language that she is desires and or used to. Even she didn't if, grow up that way. Correct. Even if you are on the same page with sarcasm, often it can be taken the wrong way. I'd also say this as far as the problem with sarcasm, that ultimately between spouses as well as parent to child, our, our heart and our main priority should be building up. And sarcasm is really the opposite of that. And so it, it goes at the opposite of what we tr- should be trying to do within marriage and parenting, as well as it's often just not taken the right way. Yes. And sarcasm also has to do with how good the relationship is at the moment. If your relationship is really, really good and solid and... At the moment, though. At the moment. Yep. And things are going well and you're used to that, you know that's kind of the style of your partner, then sarcasm is, you know, is, it can be endearing. Yeah, about 15% of it. Yeah, because someone is saying something, oh, no one else could ever say that. Yep. Uh, So that shows how close you are to me. But if the relationship isn't wonderful. Or if your partner happened to have a bad day that day. It it goes over (laughs) like a lead balloon. Therefore, we've got to watch sarcasm. Sarcasm can be a two-edged sword that can inflict a lot more pain than we think. And what we... By using sarcasm, we assume that we're we're adding some levity in here. Just like that guy, he didn't say, "Hey, honey, you're fat as a pig." He didn't say that. He goes, "Oh, we'll just I'll just throw some levity in here. Just lay off a few French fr-. Just say she's fat as a pig. I mean, it's it's this passive. So often, it's this passive aggressive way. I remember Ellen DeGeneres saying, you know, that someone will say something sarcastic and go, "Hey, I was just kidding." She said, well, you know, if you were kidding, we should both be laughing. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're not both laughing, so you must be not a very good kidder. Uh, You're not very good at this, or we would both be laughing. And that's true. So often, we want to couch an honest piece of criticism that can even be mean, 
but we couch it in sarcasm, i.e. humor, and think it slides on through. Yep. Now let's talk about overt hurtful words. These are the words that we say in anger. And what's Meant odd to be destructive. Yeah. Yes. They were. <laughs> yes. These are not passive aggressive. These are aggressively aggressive words. And and yet we still believe that anger is our get out of jail free card. You hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, I'm sorry I said that. I was just angry. Well, that doesn't matter. That that's that does not give you an excuse for saying really hurtful things. Again, a couple in my office. And this lady, she just blew up. She said, well, you know why I don't like sex? Because you're lousy at it. That's why. Ouch. Might even have been true. That's beside the point. Uh, But when we let adrenaline take over our cognitive processes, we say things that we don't mean. We do things. Well, we maybe even mean them, but that we later regret. That's why in Ephesians, you know, 426, it says... To be angry, yet do not sin. It's not that we're never supposed to get angry. Uh, Jesus got angry. We're to be angry and not sin. And I'm I'm looking at James chapter 3, when he says, We put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. Uh, And we can turn the whole animal just by putting bits in their mouths. Uh, We take a ship, for example. Although they're large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but makes great boasts. In verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I think we minimize the words that we say. I don't know of a kid that's been in counseling in their 40s because of when their curfew was set. But parents who say they hate them, parents who say they wish they'd never been born, parents who say they're a disappointment, those words sit like a cancer. So we've got sarcastic words. We have overtly hurtful words. What do we do? I'll speak to the covert, the sarcastic words first. Uh, We have to learn to, and this requires some level of mindfulness, and by that I mean kind of practicing viewing your relational interactions with your kids as well as your spouse from kind of a 10,000-foot view. You've got to be able to analyze and catch yourself. I'm 40 pounds overweight, and I would say I do some mindless eating. You've been a vegan for like six months. (laughs) Uh, Three weeks. And by that, I mean mindless eating is like I can sit down to a dinner and then... 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whenever it's the dinner's finished, actually not necessarily know what I ate, how much I ate. I mean, I just, I sit down and I consume. And I think our relational interactions... And you said that like there's something wrong with that. (laughs) Particularly with our day-to-day family interactions, we can just mindlessly go about our business in our family interactions. And so I want you to be mindful and actually in and present with your interactions, recognizing when, hey, I might have used sarcasm here, but let me actually just tell my husband or ask him to take out the trash instead of telling him, you know, that trash didn't take out the self or or whatever the case may be. And so you got to be mindful of your interactions. Learn to laugh with your spouse about something and not necessarily at your spouse. I would also say that you need to take each other seriously, but not yourself. 
I think sarcasm can be used as or can be justified by saying, oh, at least we don't take ourselves seriously. We like to poke fun at each other or whatever. And at the end of the day, I think it's good and healthy to not take yourself too seriously, but you absolutely um, need to make it d- yourself darn sure that you're taking your spouse seriously. So hurtful words that are overt, that are part of arguments and part of losing our temper. First off, I, I take us back to the story of David and Bathsheba, that in, in, in the beginning of that chapter, uh, it says, you know, before that whole episode occurred, in the springtime when kings go off to war, David was at his palace. So the whole thing happened with David uh, committing adultery, getting her pregnant, and then eventually murdering her husband. All of that occurred simply because David was where he was not supposed to be. Well, we are not supposed to be in yelling, screaming matches with our children and our spouse. So yes, things are going to happen in those environments that are destructive and bad because we're not supposed to be there. So that's, that's the first thing. If you are in a yelling, screaming match with your spouse or, or your child, know right off the bat, you're not justified in being there, period. I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You do not, you're not justified in being there because arguments are premeditated. You don't have arguments by accident. It's kind of like, <laughs> I remember this kid one time telling me, well, you know, I had, I had sex with my girlfriend, but it was, that, it was like an accident. And it's like, oh, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, just two naked people walking down the hall of the school and bumping into each other. Oops, sorry. It was an act. It's not an accident. Sex is very intentional. Arguments are intentional. There are a series of decisions that are made that's, that keep you on the course till you're finally just blowing at each other, saying hurtful things. So it's kind of like Josh said, it's being mindful. It's knowing you're getting there, feeling the adrenaline. Does, it, does your forehead prickle? Do you begin to shake when you feel the adrenaline coming on? Because once adrenaline is in the discussion, it's all downhill from there. Nothing good occurs. I would also say this on the, the anger piece. you got to match your partner's style and your partner's desires. I like to be spirited in my wife and I's discussions. And um, she often will say, you're yelling at me. In my mind, I am just having a fun. Mm-hmm. What would be another word besides spirited? Uh, aggressive? <laughs> I don't think I'm aggressive. Okay. Anywho, I feel like I'm having a fun conversation where she, though, per- uh, she perceives it as yelling. Is that because of how she was raised? Well, I know in her family of origin, like a, a church mouse could have been... <laughs> could have been yelling in the Carney household. Um, so I, I, I don't. I, to this day, I don't actually believe... I think I'm just... That was Im- Jack. That was Jack. <laughs> I just think I'm, I'm being impassioned. Um, but I, I really don't think to this day that I'm yelling, but she believes that I am. So I need to, to, to take that into consideration and back off. And so considering your partner's styles is also important. It's very important. Boy, this has been a little slice of heaven. We're back, boys and girls. It's fun. We're going to have some really, really cool interviews coming up in this season. We're also going to have, so with each of our content episodes, we're going to have four extra steps. If this kind of struck a chord with you and you want where to go from here, more information on this, this idea and of And particularly with this topic, if you want to hit your spouse with a chord. 
Yep. Uh, this would be a good... Then go to our website. Go to our website. Uh, paradoxpodcast.com. Click on the episode tab and then find the hurtful speech uh, post. And then we'll have the the, the next steps uh, there. You can also find the show as well as us individually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That can be found at paradoxpodcast.com as well. This season's going to be a hoot. Yes, this season's going to be a blast. Uh, don't forget to share and like and review. Oh, good thinking. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I think fear is a big part of it. And I think just apathy. I think um, for Christians specifically, curiosity has become synonymous with temptation in a lot of ways, or people equate the two. So they they are afraid that if they ask too many questions, they might stumble into something that that is problematic, whether it's sin or doubt. I think curiosity and doubt, there's a strong relationship between those things.